everyday meatball with Steve, Dave, and Mitch. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hi. How you doing over there, Mitch? A little under the weather. A little under the weather. We forced Mitch. He's uh, he's he's bound and chained. Uh, feeling kind of nauseous. Working on my jazz voice. We're forcing him into flu podcast recording. Oh, uh, let's not go crazy. I don't think it's fluish. Uh-huh. Be, yeah. We'd all be in trouble then. Indeed. Well, welcome to episode four. And uh, four. This, yeah, this is our fourth uh, fourth episode, not counting the in between. What a huge milestone! That's three more. Yeah. Yeah. No. I wasn't ready. <laughs> what a huge milestone! Oh. Thanks, everybody. Four. Thanks. Oh, yeah, live studio audience. Sit tonight. down, please. Sit down. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Stop. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, we've each talked about a game, and we've done some lots of in-betweens. I missed the last in-between. It's nice to be back. Welcome back, Dave. Yeah, Welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome back. I very much enjoyed uh, listening to uh, the in-between and not being part of it, just to kind of see what it would be like to listen as a... Just listen. Just listen. Just mm-hmm. sit back and listen, and uh, I thought it was pretty fun. So thanks for doing that while I was away. And uh, today... You can listen to all of them. Uh, oh, I have listened to all of them, but I mean, I'm on the other one, so it's, just, <laughs> it's different. It's, you know... Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So uh, uh, today we were going to talk about... Uh, we were going to do kind of um, an episode where we talk about kind of a theme. Yeah, special episode. Special episode, yes. Special okay. episode number one. Yeah, so not not particularly choosing any one game, but delving into... Um, books. Uh, Let's talk about talk. books. Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about furniture. Furniture. Oh, I could do that. I would. I would love a conversation like about chairs. furniture. I like tables. I like chairs. There's a Morris chair. I don't know if you know this. Uh, I no? do. I did know yeah. that actually. Yeah. There's a no. Morris chair. There's, yeah. but there also is a Morris board game. Oh, I see some of the live studio audience leaving. We, oh, we, we lost them. <laughs> we oh, I, furniture. Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should get back. Back to no. it. True. Sure. So what are we going to talk uh, about? Well, we, I think we decided to talk about gateway games. I want to say, uh, contra- is it a controversial topic? Now, I, I just want to talk about the word, because the word, uh, gateway yeah. games, such such a subjective, subjective word, and I have seen in posts and uh, on, on videos where people dislike sort of the stigma that it gives and, and feel right. like, oh, if you call something a gateway game, it's like saying that it's an easy... You know, it, it kind of gives a weird stigma to some games, which, but that's just that's just some people's sort yeah. of viewpoint. So, yeah, what do, gateway is not. It, I mean, we have to define it for how we're talking about it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, where it's not sort of a, a level so much of a game, but uh, subjectively, it's it's like the game that got you into the deeper modern hobby, or yeah. or introduces people to something past the regular family games they may have been playing their whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or the mass market games. That's so, how I look at it. So like we have some friends whose brains work on a on a much deeper, higher strategic level than other friends. So, you know, bringing up uh, certain games as a gateway game might not lead them deeper into the hobby because it would be boring for them. Yeah, so could. you would have to find something that's that's a lot more meaty mm-hmm. than lightweight. Uh, Jamie Stegmeyer. Yeah, from Stonemaier Games. I recently watched. He has a top ten. He does a Sunday chat podcast, which is great. Video cast. He puts out a lot of content. Yeah, yeah, and it's all great. I it love watching good, yeah. his stuff. Uh, but he did his top ten filler games, and in that he explained what what constitutes a filler game for him, mm-hmm. which is a certain parameters, and at the same time was saying sort of what a gateway is for him, and that those two are sort of interchangeable for him, mm. which is a, which is a great way to. To look at it. Something easy to teach, I think, is the most important thing. Absolutely. Uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, fun and yeah, yeah. Well, I think where some of the controversy comes from, and it's kind of silly when you define it as you're just laying it out right now that you know a game that kind of all of a sudden makes you more interested in the hobby than you were before. So that you might dig in a little deeper, do some of your own research, go to a game store and and, and buy pull a game off the shelf. Like it, where you didn't know those games existed before. I like that idea as a gateway game. I feel like people find it controversial because people think there are only like five gateway games or the big three yeah, gateway yeah. games that we're, we'll talk about in a second because um, there are some definite games from ten 
plus years ago. Controversial is probably way too big a word. For yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about a niche hobby, yeah, I think. Debatable. But, but some people yeah. are like, well, there's only these three. There's only Catan. There's only Cargo Zone. There's only Ticket to Ride or something like that. Uh, whereas, no. Sure, those can be gateway games. It might have been gateway games for a lot of gamers who've been playing for the past decade. But now there are so many games out there yeah. that, like you say, I would probably choose another game other than Catan to try to I- introduce friends to the hobby. Yeah, like I can see at some point uh, with some people going, hey, look, you've never played a game? Let's play Lords of Waterdeep because that their brain will absorb that. Right. Uh-huh. Where... Other people, I would never suggest Lords yeah. of Waterdeep. And I would never necessarily call it... Like, Lords of Waterdeep might be a gateway to a particular type of game. Yeah. Worker placement, for sure. But not... You know, it's not a class of game. No. no. It's a subjective experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Something I was like just that. looking up at your shelf and thinking Splendor would be probably a really great yeah, gateway I game. So. It's really super easy to, to yeah. teach, and it's it's super fun. And, yeah, I think that would get a lot of... Jeju Island, I would say. Uh, I don't think that For some context here, do we want to uh, maybe say what we might consider our gateway game? Yeah. You want to take some turns? Sure. Do you want me to go first? You do it. Sure. I'll do it. Okay, so I, I was thinking about this, and this is kind of, um, you know, uh, I, you know, as we said before, we've always we've always kind of grown up playing different types of games uh, for, of one form or another. Um, when I met my ex-wife, we started playing a lot of Scrabble and a lot of Cribbage and a lot of Rummy, and we usually play one game and play it to death. And then after we've been together about a year, someone introduced us to Catan. And we played it, and we totally fell in love with it, uh, but we played it four-player. And then we bought it. And we tried to come up with rules to play a two-player, which we basically did just without trading. And it was fine, but it certainly wasn't as good of a game. So we always looked forward to having you know, a couple people over to play Catan. Um, and from there, um, so Catan is kind of my gateway game, but it was the only kind of modern game I had. And we'd essentially just go back to Backgammon or Scrabble or, or what have you, uh, or some of our other staples. Um, and then, I don't know what the next game was, but it was probably Carcassonne, and then it was Dominion, and then it was Ticket to Ride, and all of those games, we bought and then put the, the last game kind of almost aside, and just went full bore, playing three, four games a day sometimes, depending on the length of the game, like Dominion was something we'd... You know, we'd play a game before supper, then we'd play a game during supper, then we'd play a couple games after supper, and then we'd probably play another game later on. Uh, and we played a lot of each of these games, um, and I didn't even realize I was kind of becoming a hobbyist, even though I would tell people about you know the different types of games, and they'd be like, "Oh, I never heard of that that game," um, you know. But it was kind of this weird slow progression, and it wasn't until I kind of met you folks uh, that it wasn't kind of like, "Oh, let's play a game. We've got this or this." That the options went from well, let's see. We've got about 300 games to choose from. Let's uh, let's try something new, or let's try a classic, or so that uh, you know. And that that being said, there was a period of time where I was going into game stores and just saying, "Hey, this looks cool," and I would buy a game. Right. When did you get Survivor? Survive. Oh, that's a good point. Survive. Survive. Yeah. yeah, I found like I played that a ton as a kid. I found that at a Salvation Army or a or a Value Village or something like that, or a good. It was a Goodwill store actually in my hometown. Right before I'm, uh, no, no, that's not what. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was only about a year before I moved to Sackville, so it was only like five years ago that I found that. But you played it as a kid. I played it a ton as a kid. That 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 game was so far ahead of its time. Oh my for, God, was it for, ever for where yeah. it should be? Yeah. Had I played that when I was a kid, that would have been a a big deal yeah. for me. Sure. I didn't have access to anything like yeah. that. We didn't have it. Like I I played it when I was a kid because all of my friends seemed to have better games than us. But mm-hmm. I played anything everywhere all the time. But yeah. Survive, I only got to play it maybe twice before I played it with you. Right. Years, uh, decades later. Right. And, like, what a game. Yeah. Great game. Yeah, and, and I'd almost call that a great gateway game because it's kind of been sure. re-released, and it's so easy, but it is, you know, it's got the hex tiles, oh, yeah. which is kind They've, of new. It's, it's got... been re-released twice. There's a space version. There's a space version. Oh, They've re-implemented re-impl- it, and expansions Super. have been added. Yeah. It's the yeah. 30th anniversary or something this year? Is that right? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, that makes Huge. sense. It's actually the space version of Survive is at Comic Con in Moncton for like forty percent off or something. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, saw it there last time. Meant to mention to you guys. Just remembering right now. Why did you not get that? There you go. So anyway, that was. I don't know. I was there to buy something else. You think Sam would love that game? Oh yeah, yeah totally. Probably. Yeah. 
spacey. Yeah. It has uh, the same astronaut Space as Galaxy numbers. Trucker, hmm. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's not the Survive. Uh, it might be something some, anyway. from, yeah. from that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just to, just to, just to kind of wrap up my little spiel on, oh, on, yeah, on for, derail, no, no, yeah. hey, no, it's it's all good. Uh, ticket to ride, derail. There you go. That's a good segue because we played a lot of Ticket to Ride near the near the end, and then uh, you know, it was so funny. I would, I, I the, what I wanted to say is, you know, I did pick up some other games like Thurn and Taxis, which we played a few times. Brilliant, super awesome game. Wonderful. I call that a good gateway game. game, and and we played that a lot. Um, I would always rather play it than Ticket to Ride now. Mm-hmm. I think me I too. Think so. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and then we had a couple of friends that we'd go over and they would introduce us to other games. And um, sometimes we'd buy the same game, especially if we thought it would make a good two-player two game. But, you know, we learned things like Power Grid and a few other things like that. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, I, I it, it kind of, um, I mean, I guess I realized I was becoming a board game enthusiast. But I didn't realize how, you know, only it's only now that I think about, um, for about a year or two, the last year or two I was in St. John's, um, how many times I would just have 15 minutes to kill, so I would go over to the game store and just browse and pick up games and look at the boxes yeah. and try to figure out what would make a good game. And, and we bought a couple that were awful, or that I I remember as being awful, and now I wonder if I played them with you folks. Uh, there was one called Gangsters, I, I oh, really I remember. And pretty, I th- pretty you know, good. Yeah, and I think you know there were a couple of games that I don't think you know the, my ex-wife really really terribly liked, so we didn't play very often. And now I would I think you know so I I mean I guess I kind of I wasn't so much a collector I was an enthusiast, but it was like I said I concentrated on one game at a time, and then I got really into that game, and then I moved on to the next game. And I love where I am now, where it's like when we're playing games like we did at my place the other night. You know, I had two games that I wanted to play that I hadn't played before. One was new, one had been on my shelf for a while, and we, we, we played one of those. But when I look at my game shelf now, I have a lot of options for a lot of different people, a lot of different numbers, a lot of yeah. different skill levels. Um, and that's really only happened to me in the last, you know, two or three years since I since we've been gaming quite a bit uh, with the Secret Order. Totally. Yeah. Mitch, why don't you go next? I don't... I, don't, uh, I haven't been able to answer this question. Um, again, I've been playing... So much uh, for so long. Like I, I always want to say I was raised by my grandmother, but my parents raised me. <laughs> I grew up uh, with my grandmother right there, who we played games all the time. She raised me uh, according to Hoyle to sort of set my age, uh, which means we explored a- anything from from you know euchre to board games to to everything. Euchre was euchre and cribbage and Scrabble were our, right. were our mainstays, but it meant that I I was in love with games, and anytime I went to anybody's house, if they had a new game, I would play it. So we were playing all of the, uh, my words, I'm sick, my words are having trouble. <laughs> all of the, the mass media type production, yeah, yeah. Payday, Mad, Monopoly. Uh, Millionaire, or what a Masterpiece, mm. uh, anything. Uh, Pole Economy, one of right. my one of my favorites. Oh yeah, you've talked about that. <laughs> so when I was... Young, uh, I had a couple friends who ended up with, with like Talisman mm. and like D and D, the electronic game, and Survive, and games that that opened me up to wanting to try and figure out how to like make games and, and do that. But as as life went on, it didn't. You know, it was always I've always played games, but depending on who I was with, uh, it never was an exploration past what was available. If I came across something, I was excited about it. Uh, I picked up Magic uh, in the 90s, uh, picked up Star Wars Trading Card when it first came out, uh, which is it seems to be the one I have is something that died out right away. Mm. I'm not even, it's like a, it's a weird one that I try and look it up yeah, and it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, I picked up Zombies one time whenever I was in the store and like Zombies had first come out, which is not a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're on like Zombies, like the 10th incarnation or like expansion yeah, and they wow. just keep going. But the problem with that one and several others, whenever I get something new and complicated, is that I don't have people to play with. So whenever you try and play something complicated with with people who don't like or play games, it, it it's a misery for them, and it becomes terrible for, for you. Yeah, and and that's why gateway games as a, as a concept is really important, because if, if I would have accidentally stumbled across something more gateway-ish, instead of Star Wars or yeah. zombies to try and force on, on people who didn't play games, you know, maybe it would have sparked something 
yeah. bigger earlier. So we we stuck with you know cribbage and crokinole and all of all of those games. Uh, Pit Pit's a super fun card right. game. And then eventually, you know, moving here where there were more people, uh, some other stuff changed in my life, and my wife and I started uh, playing more games. So and and I can't remember what the first real game that we played here was that sort of changed stuff. Uh, I was thinking Carcassonne. Melissa like was thinking... Betrayal. Betrayal. Yeah, yeah, Melissa said Betrayal was the first time that we all got together. At your old place. And played there. Betrayal. Yeah. And, and that was super fun. So then we started uh, just looking for, for what new stuff we could add. Uh, we were still playing Scategories a lot, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and like I still have magic cards and I still have that Star Wars game and I still have all these unplayed games that have kept me company uh, and then the really big one that pushed for Melissa and I was Elder Sign like oh yeah that's whenever, really interesting whenever we bought Elder Sign you know we played that to death yeah and uh, and then I just you played it to death as two player yeah we or, played it to death we played as two a, player a four player six player eight player twelve nine player nine or ten or twelve <laughs> we played once or twice yeah yeah which was which was long yeah yeah but it was we, and the first time we played it with like ten people, I think was the first time we ever played it, and and we got a rule wrong that made the game super oh, hard. Right. But we but we made hard it through made it through anyway. So so funny that this would be like considered in a gateway conversation like Elder Sign. Yeah, I'd never put that heavy there. Yeah, cooperative totally. game. But it's yeah. not like it. No, you're right. It's no, a it's, it's a Yahtzee mechanic. And it's it's just added layers of of interesting things yeah. to what what is a very basic mechanic. So like people are automatically familiar with it. Yeah. And then it's adding this story and this depth to it. Like as long as everyone involved is on board <clears throat> with the Lovecraft Cthulhu uh, yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah. I mean that's a, a theme problem. But even then, like we played the first time with like Rob and Melissa. Yeah. And they were they were into it. Yeah. So I mean it it worked great. That was the first time that. You know, of that group, it was the second time I think we got together to play games. Yeah. Or third, and like a lot of the, a lot of our friends weren't really playing anything beyond what they had been the same as everybody else. Yeah. And everybody got into it, and everybody played it, and you know, I think it's a, I think it works for a gateway yeah. for that. Well, it's interesting. Our stories are kind of intertwined. Uh, if you want me to piggyback off yours, sure. um, actually they're intertwined <laughs> in that I'm very similar to Dave, but then this story around betrayal and elder sign and, and our core game group starting gaming together is kind of what pushed the hobby wide open for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, I've tried to track down who introduced me to Catan and I can't figure it out. I think I have a, a good friend back from Newfoundland, Mike O'Reilly. I want to, I want to jump in there. The first time, uh, it was years ago, the first time I was introduced to Catan was a disaster where we were over at a friend's house for dinner and they're like, Oh, you, right, should, yeah. you got, you love games. Let's, let's play Catan. I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. I've never heard of this. Let's play that. And we set it all up, and they started explaining it, and everything was great. And then uh, my friend's wife, who were at their house, just started playing the game for me. Like she just right. instead of instead of explaining how to do things, she just she just wanted to play basically, yeah. and there wasn't a chair, so she just started playing me. And I ended up just walking away within ah. within like you know ten minutes, fifteen minutes, because I was just like, well, I I wanted to play, but I'm not playing. Yeah. So I just, I just left and went and did something else. Uh, somebody was doing some crafts or something at a right. table, so we left. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, I, I can't quite remember exactly who introduced me to Catan, but um, similar to uh, you guys, the ex-wife with Melissa, played a lot of cribbage, a lot of Scrabble, and then someone along the way, either Mike O'Reilly and his girlfriend. Or uh, his girlfriend at the time, that's why I'm saying that, because I don't know if it was Kristen. Um, uh, or our friend Greg and Jess in Halifax. Someone introduced us to Catan, and we instantly kind of fell in love with it. Susie and I played that to death as a two-player game, yep. uh, because I think pretty quickly I, I found out you can buy one of the expansions, includes two-player rules, oh. uh, and you can find a bunch of variants online anyways. And we made it work yep. and played it to death. Susie uh, definitely has a way better win record than me. Uh, and kind of what happened is, is similar to what you're saying, Mitch. And this is where, uh, in retrospect, I realized uh, that I'm an obsessed hobbyist, is that I just went and bought all the Catan expansions mm-hmm. and just like loved reading the rule books, loved reading the other variants that you could play, and never really got to try them because any variant that I rolled out, Susie was really happy with the base game. Mm-hmm. I really liked what that provided for strategy. Um, and I was like, oh, let's just try it with camels. 
and where you create this kind of route across the the map. Let's try it with barbarians, where barbarians replace the robbers. Let's try it with splitting the island into four islands with fish. And I just kept wanting it to be something else, a bit more thematic, a bit more hmm. uh, complicated. Not necessarily better. I just want... I And not knowing there was other games out there. So it speaks now, if I had known about more games, I would have just been like, all right, leave Catan behind, let's go find something else that's going to work for me and right. Susie. Right. But I thought Catan was the only thing. Right. And I was, I think I was limited at the time to... Uh, not realizing there was game stores or that game uh, board games were in comic book stores, um, at least around here, and uh, you were kind of limited to what games were in Chapters and Coles stores. Mm. So you'd walk in and be like, oh, okay, I don't know what Which this... has gotten so much better now. So oh much God, better, yeah. but at the time it was pretty much just Catan, I think. Yep. Um, maybe Ticket to Ride showed up there. Pretty maybe quickly. Dominion, Seven Wonders, mm. that kind of thing. But I didn't know those games... Um, and so, yeah, not until I think eventually I got Ticket to Ride for Christmas on a recommendation. But I got kind of turned off uh, on board games because I went to a board game store, being the anxious fool that I am, didn't really ask the people working there for advice, and just bought something that looked cool. Mm. And I know it's a highly regarded game. You're mad at me that I sold it. Uh, I bought Suro, T-S-U-R-O, the kind of uh, Japanese... Mm. Just uh, before he realized he likes abstract games? yeah. But I still don't like this one. Mm. It's that that abstract game of uh, you have these. It's a tile playing game where you have a token, and the tiles just have uh, lines on them, and you just have to get your token across the board while you're playing tiles. When you play a tile, you have to move your token along this line, and then your opponent gets to play a tile, and you have to follow the line to completion. So your opponents are trying to lay tiles to run you off the board, and you're trying to play tiles to be the last token on the board. Mm. Kind of neat. It's like a sumo game. It is a bit of a sumo thing. But, you know, talking about uh, Gatan, how I was looking into these expansions, and then I thought I was getting this Japanese I'm not kind of mad game. that you sold it. I'm mad that you didn't sell it to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, for some reason, I just had this game wrote off. Anyways, um, and then I went, oh, man, I just spent like 30 bucks on this or 40 bucks or something, and was like, huh. And then what happened was uh, I teach high school in, here, and started a board game club with a bunch of grade nines and this one particular grade nine kept bringing in games one of which was betrayal yeah, yeah. and i was like whoa like and this is what i love i love dungeon crawls i love tile laying moving through a dungeon uh, a superhero game too there was a superhero game as well because remember we anytime we were driving anywhere we'd talk about betrayal and this other superhero game uh, might have been Smash Up. I was really turned on. Uh, turned. I really turned on by Smash Up. <laughs> Smash Up just turned me on. But these grade nine boys get so turned on by Smash Up. Um, Watch our I shouldn't say that. Yeah. What am I saying? Um, anyways, he brought in Betrayal. I was like, whoa! I can't believe there's this tile laying game. You're playing these miniature characters who show up in a haunted house. You're playing tiles. At some point in the game, someone becomes a traitor, has to leave the room, read this scenario, come back. Now all of a sudden, the game's not cooperatively. It's competitive against one person and whoever else is left on the board. That game is not great now, in retrospect. It still works, though, and I was just blown away. I So when we played at your place, when we were just becoming friends, kind of, getting to know each other, I borrowed that game from this grade 9 kid yes. and brought it there. Uh, and we played as a group of, like, six of us, because I think he plays up to six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played all characters and had a blast, like... I still haven't played it, or or the you have, you've got a Baldur's Gate one too, right? I do. Yeah, yeah I've I think I the Baldur's Gate one. I thought about it, but I think me and Sam are going to enjoy it yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to try it. There's a there's a weird thing about betrayal as a as a gateway, uh, even though it was a gateway for our whole group. Uh, like Melissa doesn't doesn't really want to play the game because she doesn't want it. Be the, the betrayer. Neither does Susie. Because <clears throat> she doesn't want to end up having to figure that out herself. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe that's going away. The more we play, the more stuff she plays uh, different. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it exists. And that's that's like, it's weird to have a gateway that people are afraid so, of. Well, that's a big <laughs> setback to that being a gateway game. It's great that everyone had a, has a positive experience with that kind of uh, role-playing yeah. aspect of that game. But yeah, if you're a casual gamer or new to the hobby... And you come in, and there's a one in six chance that you're going to have to leave the room, go in the bathroom, turn the fan on, and learn try the game to by yourself. learn learn a rule set by yourself. That's really anxiety provoking. Wow, yeah. And totally. I've had that happen to a bunch of people who've sat in and said, "I don't want this to happen," and all we do is pass it to the next person on the left mm-hmm. or right, and they'll do it. Um, but 
That game, yeah, I played this. Uh, I think we borrowed it then from Anthony and Allison because they went and bought the game after playing it once. Yep. And then we borrowed it from them for friends that were visiting. In the middle of them playing their first game, they he was really ordering it on Amazon, which is a sign of like a, gate, yeah, a gateway totally. kind of game. Although he hasn't played it since, because hmm. without someone to teach it and have the kind of lingo and the and the uh, have a gamer at the table, it's kind of hard to break out and get going if you're not used to rule books and rules. Hmm. The other weird knock about it is like the last time we we played it, it fell so flat. Like it, it can fall very it flat. That game doesn't hit all the time. You know, no, this is a bit too much random. The scenarios can fall flat. Uh, how that game plays out can it's just too random. What can happen, I think what makes that game fall flat is, so someone becomes a traitor in that game, and then the rest of the people at the table, oh, it's kind of like Clue, then. you need to find a, a cert, certain book, get to this certain room, and do a certain thing to win. Well, if the game has gone on long enough before the traitor becomes unveiled, and you already have those things, yeah. it's kind of like, the traitor's out, we already have these things, we just got to go to that room and do this. Oh wow. Do this thing. Whereas, yeah. if it happens a bit earlier, you gotta you kind of got to go on the run, look for the items... Uh, and there's a bit more tension. Sometimes the, uh, the tension can just slip away. The last one with us, it was just it just ended up you'd you'd move, roll a dice, lose, move, roll a dice, lose. That is the sad thing. I yeah. got uh, Baldur's Gate for Christmas, and I was really excited because I liked the game enough, and thought every, my parents and family would like just taking on this, this roles of fantasy characters and doing this game. It's the same game just in the D and D universe. Right. Um, the first scenario we played was we got to the room and we were just back and forth rolling dice to do and it was just oh my god it felt so flat and my parents god love them my mom was like i'm gonna be this uh whatever her name is like theriskia the hobbit and like she was getting in character for me it was all for me they didn't really want to do it they but they did it and i was like oh everyone's buying into this and then it kind of fell flat i don't think they would ever play it again unless i forced them to that's too bad yeah um I was just going to pick up on something, not not because I still haven't played uh, Betrayal or the Bowler's Gate one, and and I do want to give it a try yeah, uh, might, at least you might once. Never get a chance. Well, I hope so. I'll one one of these days, especially when we got a bigger group, maybe. But um, but before that, you were talking a lot about the expansions, and I should say that that's what we would do uh, when I was saying we would play a game to death. We would play, you know, we play Catan, and then we get we got Seafarers, and then we got Cities and Knights, and then we got Dominion, and we got Alchemy, and we got Intrigue, and then mm. we got. Carcassonne, and I don't, maybe we had Carcassonne before uh, Dominion, and then I got so many expansions for Carcassonne, and Carcassonne was probably the game we played the most of, because it's such a good yeah, two-player game. Yeah, played a ton. That was yeah. in my, one of my first three games in the hobby, as a hobbyist, for sure. Yeah, but strangely enough, um, when it came to Carcassonne expansions, I was more interested in getting them all because of all the extra tiles, and to make the right. game longer, and all these different weird tiles that got you out of jams that the, the basic set didn't have but when it came to the other expansion rules like especially the tower i love the tower because of the way it stores all the tiles i have in a, in a slimmer box um but you know i was not really interested in that kind of gotcha uh dynamic of putting putting other people's meeples in the tower um i did play with the expansion rules or we did play with the expansion rules for ins and cathedrals because it, it's just a, a real basic tweak to the game yeah um but I can't remember. I, I have three or four, or maybe five expansions for Carcassonne. But basically, the only thing I lose it for, use it for is all those extra tiles. Well, this is what I realized, and I feel like it's a naive thing of the uh, initially getting into the hobby. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, the same thing that I was saying about Catan. Right. It's like, oh, me and Susie have played this to death. I want something new. I go out and buy all the expansions. And I think now we realize as gamers, getting expansions are they're, it's, it's they're problematic. Hit or miss. Yeah. There's some you'd great be, ones. You'd be much better off doing a bit of research yep. and going out and finding another uh, similarly weighted game mm -hmm. uh, to try to get interest or, rather or, than adding complexity to right. a game that you already kind of like but sure. just, are just bored of. Or a different mechanic altogether that yeah. shows you how broad gaming can be. Totally. Yeah. Like uh, like we have Alhambra expansions that we've never we've never played with because yeah. for the amount of time we play Alhambra, it's great. And then we don't play it for like six months, and then yeah. someone new wants to play, and we break it out because it's a very simple game to teach. Uh, people like it uh, almost immediately, and it has a lot of like it's got set collection, it's got some puzzly stuff, it's got a lot of stuff going on, and makes it a great gateway to introduce people. Uh -huh. And adding anything to it doesn't doesn't Make feel it like it's gonna fix much. And like no. if we were gonna play it over and over again, then I'd be like, okay, let's try the invaders or let's try something. But but we don't. You know, no. we'll play it a couple times the way it is, enjoy it, 
and put it away. And we've never once thought, oh, let's let's try it with the expansion now because we'll just, if we want something else, we'll play something else. Yeah. Uh, Elder Sign, on the other hand, does really neat stuff with the expansion mm-hmm. where it actually changed the game and, and feels like a new game and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, some of the expansions. Some of the expansions just added a ton of cards and now... Right. Like the first couple expansions were just piling cards on and, and doing a couple new things where you've got a couple expansions that actually change the game yeah, I, and how you move and how you how you do stuff, which makes it, you know, it adds to that theme. It actually makes it feel like you've moved mm-hmm. to a new part of mm-hmm. town yeah. or a new area. And, yeah. And, and that's really interesting. And it's funny you bring up Elder Sign again. I just want to jump in here real quickly. Uh, the first game I think I ever played with you guys was Elder Sign, even though you guys had played it mm-hmm. a bunch of times. And we played it four or five of us. I think it was mm-hmm. the three of us and Andrew. And you bought maybe. it like the next day. I bought it the next day, played it solo a few times, went out and bought Gates of Arkham, which I've only played solo once, and we've never played it as a group because shortly after I fell in love with Elder Sign, then it seemed to be that all of us were, you know, uh, collecting games so rapidly that, well, that we played it. Uh, we played it a few times. We played it a few times, and like the one night we played it at Steve's house, it was the fastest, yeah, like half hour game we've ever played it like before. And and then yeah. Melissa and I played it with uh, I can't remember who we played. We played it like the next day here, and it was like almost two hours. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. It, it was the exact opposite of yeah. the game we played the night before. So it's. I and like game, I like the variety there. Like it, it nothing changes. It's uh, yep. you know it's a, it's what it is. It's a Yahtzee, that's a great Cthulhu game. game. Yeah. Uh, another Yahtzee game that's a great gateway game is King of Tokyo. Totally. And not King of New York. Not King of New York oh, is a great yeah, two-player yeah. game, but not a great gateway game. Yeah. Are they that different? I, I think I played both of them once or twice, but they're they're different in the uh, what you can do. King of Tokyo is so simple to explain. You can play it with your kids. No, nothing goes on except the the Yahtzee and the fighting and uh-huh. that. Pushing and so you can you can sort of on your turn go I need this and then start rolling. With King of New York, you can't do that because you kind of have to roll first and then go. Well, what am I going to do now? Because of the tiny bits of mechanics that they changed and the things yeah, that right. they added, it it sort of alters the way you can look at your move and what you're going to do until yeah. you've rolled the dice. Which which just like we've played it a bunch and it just. It's kind of a, like playing it. Uh, you and I were playing King of Tokyo a lot, and it's it falls flat as a two-player game because it's just this back and forth, back and forth, back yeah. and forth. Where King of New York changed that, fix that, and and it was a great two-player game. But I would rather play King of well, Tokyo. Well, kind of, it's kind of just what you were players. saying about okay. Alhambra. It's like you'll ne- if you have the option between both King of Tokyo and King of New York, you're never going to break out King of New York to a new group, yeah. and unless you're playing Tokyo to death. Uh, you're never going to break out New York. I mean, I think it makes sense as a two-player game. We would always play New York, probably because mm-hmm. we know Tokyo enough. Yeah. But any more than that, and any new players at all, will always be Tokyo. Interesting. Um, and my my family, my brother, sister, mom, and dad are a really good litmus test for gateway games because they're when I go back and visit Newfoundland, go home for two weeks, we pretty much play board games every single night. That's awesome. Because that's how we like they're okay to spend time that way mm-hmm. together. Um, and my dad. Well, first of all, with King of Tokyo, my brother loved King of Tokyo, and was just like super into it. Me and him and his girlfriend. My family had a hard. My mom and dad had a has a harder time with Tokyo. I think they'd rather play Yahtzee, mm-hmm. um, which I have a hard time with. I'm like, why would you play Yahtzee when you can be a giant mecha lizard and 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 get to have some card play powers? It's just a couple extra things to think about that they'd rather not have to sure. think about. They do uh, they do some themed Yahtzee that just adds that one extra thing. Yeah. Like there's a Guardians of the Galaxy one that has like a Groot that moves around. Oh, and, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. But my brother loved King of Tokyo. My dad absolutely loves Ticket to Ride. Mm. Would play it three times a night probably if we let him. But I would keep pushing him. Be like, well, let's try this other game. Or mom would say, let's play Yahtzee. But dad loves Ticket to Ride. I think it's all he would play if given the option. And I keep pushing new games on my family, but I, I know. He would always just rather I say, let's play Ticket to Ride. Hmm. Um, that's his game. Uh, we played, right before this, we played Ticket to Ride First Journey, which we bought uh, to play with Macy, our, our daughter, who's like five now, well, turning six. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's a great, it's, it's the, like I was calling it this morning, it's the gateway to a gateway game. Yeah. Where it is such a fast and tense game when you play it with people who play games anyway, mm-hmm. that like it's, it's not a... They they market it as a kids game like all the the my first everything games, but it's it's super fun to play with with anybody. 
I wonder if it's so fast. I wonder if that's what they realized when creating this Ticket to Ride New York that just came out. Probably. Which is like, hey, first journey is quick and tense and it's still a gamer's game if you're playing with a bunch of gamers. What we if we add a little bit more in? Yeah, and we if we paint it like the uh, adult Ticket to Ride and not yeah. the kid version. Because like, it plays in 10 minutes, plays in 15 minutes, there's less If it room. wasn't for the goofiness of Ticket to Ride Journey's art, yeah. you know, it would be easy sell as a even as a two-player game. Like it's, sure. it's great. I bet you they're very similar. No, they're but that's 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 a fun thing where it's a gateway game for an even younger generation. You know, like yeah. if you have you know young young folk, uh, Ticket to Ride First Journey is is a great. It's a stepping stone to Ticket to Ride. Yeah, you know? but still fun and super fun. Yeah, uh, <coughs> I, I gave just because we're talking about families and things like that. I, I also gave um, a couple of years ago for Christmas. I gave uh, a few families of. of uh, mine that I do give Christmas gifts to, I gave them both Quirkle uh, oh, yeah. on recommendation. Quirkle's and, great. Quirkle's and great. Quirkle's a fun little gateway game that you can play with, you know, four and five year olds. I don't yeah. know if I would call it a gateway game just because it's a, uh, it's just a regular abstract. Yeah, I suppose so. Game. I don't know that it would open anybody up to to a deeper themed sort of. And then again, that's the subjective view of what gateway mm-hmm. means. You know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like Blockus, you know, like Blockus is a great game and, and is a great new game to play with people, but I don't feel like anybody's going to play Blockus and be like, yeah, I should buy Betrayal or I should, sure. I should explore that gonna, hobby more. It's not going to open up the hobby for it, people. Except for the fact that you can play with, with kids that are so young that, I mean, it would get kids interested in games early is the only thing I was yeah. thinking about. Like, you know, um, so if you had a lot of different types of games, that's a good way to start with when you have, you know, young kids or young kids coming over and then... You know, win a few years, and you move them up to King Domino or yeah. whatever. I, I just feel like that's a it's a it's a different conversation. It's like yeah, it a, a lightweight versus medium sure. and heavyweight kind yeah. of thing. Where you know, no kid that you play that with is going to be like, yeah, I love this hobby. Let's let's yeah. explore it. It might, yeah, they might do. It, it might definitely. Be. It yeah, it could be reinforces games for sure, sure. sure. It's a great game. I'm not yeah. knocking Quirkle. I, love, I think it's great. Yeah. especially now that they have the travel bag version. Oh, which. I don't know that. Is kind of a joke because you it, can put your Quirkle cubes in a bag and yeah. bam. It, might, it might be right there with like checkers and chess, where people are just going to look at it as a game and not really. Uh, it's not yeah. going to spark interest in like, oh, I wonder what other types of games out okay. there there are out there. Whereas when you think about uh, some more recent abstract games that are still a little puzzly abstracts like Azul or, or Sagrada, someone might play that and be like, oh, I didn't know there was games out right. there with this kind of theme and these beautiful components and are there more puzzly games like right. this out there that right. are kind of therapeutic to play right. and just kind of relaxing mm-hmm. and yeah. fun Quirkle um, has the benefit of feeling like it's been around forever yeah yeah even though it's a newer game I think that's probably that's maybe what it is it's just a newer game but it, it just it, you know for me it was something that uh, as I was getting really interested in games it was the one thing that I decided hey for Christmas this year I'm going to give everybody a game and mm-hmm. this is a really good simple here's one that a, everyone can play here's an example of why I feel that way mm-hmm. uh, I got Pentago years ago when Pentago came out which is an award winning abstract game and it didn't it didn't change anything like I played it until I you know we played it constantly until I got it sort of figured out and have a thing which I won't I won't discuss and I just kind of put it away but it never made me go oh there's more you know, it never it never made me go and look for, right. for something else. It was just like that's right. another abstract game. Okay, and it was it was great. Yeah. Can you I know. can I use this opportunity to segue us into something else? We're, <laughs> we're running, we're we're chatting and running, sure. and running into things. Yeah. We're talking I about different mechanics. Too, we're yeah. talking about yeah. different types of games. We're talking about abstracts now with King of Tokyo. We're talking like push your luck and dice chucking and stuff. Um, and now that we've talked about our own individual gateway games, kind of. Uh, I think it goes back to how we were defining it in the beginning. Now that there are so many games out there available to everyone, there's arguably like a gateway game for each type of game. Sure, for each absolutely. Kind of type of mechanic. You mentioned Lords of Waterdeep. Well, that's for people who can get into a and d uh, skin on things. Um, Super simple work placement. It's an easy skin to ignore. And it, yeah, is, an, and it is an easy thing to ignore. Super. Depending on who you're playing with, you can probably choose to ignore... Well, Melissa that does not, but does not pay attention to that theme at all. When she, she does now, just because of whizzies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. She never would. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't. Doesn't. Yeah. 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 No, they're cubes. They're cubes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and and it's 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 so funny. As we were talking about Quirkle and things, I I had a, a flashback, and I also caught Willow on on uh, Mitch's shelf here too. I think really when I think about gateway games, actually was Crawl. Because I played that when I was a kid, and talk about you know we were talking about survive earlier being ahead of its 
game uh, ahead of its time, but crawl based on the movie because you were collecting cards and you were building like a, a oh, deck right, of cards yeah. to help you. And I, I haven't played this in years and years and years, but that again, that was another one of those weird uh, games. If there were more games like that when I was younger, that and survive, I may might might have kept chugging along back then. I feel yeah. I feel mad at that early industry for for dragging us along like every time a thematic game came out based on an IP like Star Wars or anything yeah. I was so excited to get an experience out of it and then they were almost all roll and move and yeah. Uh, yeah. and nothing happened and like especially after having played Talisman like I expected so much more to be possible yeah. and just kept getting let down mm. yeah yeah. Such a, it was such a sad time. Too. I have to try to get a sad. Thank, and and thank, thank you, Catan, for being the gateway of North America. Yeah. For for sort of refiring everything and and mm-hmm. making making that possible for the rest of the. In some ways, I'm glad it was a sad time because had I been introduced to a game like Hero Quest at a young age, mm. I would probably I would probably be alone right now because <laughs> it would send me down a path of complete nerddom. That's not true. Uh, you survive video games. That's true. Yeah. You never know. And we survive magic cards. Yeah. But, so what I was mentioning, bringing up different yeah. types of games for, I was thinking, uh, I don't know if this is something we want to do, but, um, you know, different types of games like worker placement, Lords of Waterdeep is a good introduction into worker placement. Some people might, I would think, would argue like, on the heels of Catan, oh, maybe you should go try Agricola or something, but Agricola's way heavier. I think than, so. Yeah. Agricola's crazy. And that that's an interesting point where I actually put a note here of uh, tabletop minions. They're, they do it, they're more of a wargaming uh, vlog. I don't know how you say that. They do YouTube videos. Vlog. Vlog. There you go. I'm old. Um, but I watched, they had a gateway thing, and, and their version of, of gateway is, is how to get people who play board games to understand war games. Oh, you know, yeah, so, I watched that, yeah. So for them, uh, the concept of a gateway game is like, how do, we, how do we get people who understand how to play board games to understand the tactics and, and what you do in a war game mm, better? So that's another step. So yeah, so the, the whole, it's a subjective again, where a gateway game, you know, to a really deeper understanding of, of a whole other world of mechanics, yeah. you know, which is really interesting. Uh, but, yeah. but going with what you're saying, like, uh, with so many games like Splendor and stuff, where Splendor is, a, is its own... Uh, yeah. I don't think you need a stepping stone to get to Splendor. No, no I don't no. think so either. But something like uh, Century, uh, the Spice Road, and Golem Edition. Yeah. Uh, Planet Defenders, I think some of you have played Planet Defenders, mm-hmm. is a great little stepping stone to that concept, mm-hmm. where where you're using... And where you're changing your stuff as you go, instead of just set collecting, you yeah. have to actually manipulate to get your sets together. Yeah. So I think I think Planet Defender is a good stepping stone for that. Uh, Patrician and Ethnos are great stepping stones to set collection and, and area control. Area control, uh, yeah. When the, and those two, uh, especially Patrician uh, or Pat, how are you? Patrician. Patrician. Yeah, and I mean that's right there with with Ticket to Ride with Thern and Taxis for like the I same like, kind of Euroy look and theme. I feel like Patrician missed its boat, and I, I feel kind of bad. Like it's it's like forgotten, and yeah. it's such a fun game. And I feel the same for Ethnos for its theme, where it's missed its boat mm. because of, of the theme. It should be huge. Yeah, it, it and people. People are really bashing it because of its uh, look and its theme. Yeah, it's and weird. It's too bad. It's yeah, and and, and that that happens a bunch. And as we are discovering more games, like I never heard of uh, Patrician, uh, and it's right there with Ethnos. It's like very similar kind yeah, of yeah. game. And uh, yeah, I would never have heard of it if you had you not just grabbed it. It's one that's been forgotten kind and of thing. Another great stepping stone for uh, learning deck builders is El Dorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Eldorado yeah. is also jumping on a, a new thing of like a deck builder with a board and with sure. components. Sure, I mean, D- Dominion is the base, I think, the deck builder. Yeah, in but the, in the contemporary, I just I just feel Eldorado has such a simpler step to yeah. getting deck building uh-huh. than even Dominion. Yeah, like it's it's such a smaller set of cards, uh-huh. such a smaller, and like your choices for how to buy cards and the way it's controlled to to buying only these six at a time. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Really that's moves true. you along. And then and then seeing well, what right. you're doing with the cards is easier to see because it's just a movement. 
Yeah. Right. Instead of Dominion, where you have to figure out what the cards do to manipulate, you know, it's true. what the you're doing. The biggest drawback to Dominion is you got to, you know, you got to look at the market and read all the cards first to kind mm-hmm. of understand how they work. Whereas Eldorado relies on a lot of iconography and just like looking yep. at symbols I get for what that. they I do. Move and, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're so, right. I think yeah. that's probably the, sure. the better and, starting place. And, and, and you point. can start younger. Yeah, so like with where, where you're trying to make the argument with Quirkle, with Eldorado, you can you can start at a young age and it and it introduces a whole concept of gaming mm-hmm. that can then be oh you've played yeah. that you know how this works right yeah. we can play this now right yep and it's because it's so symbolic symbolic based yeah. like anyone yeah. like young younger kids can pick it up whereas you know trying to teach a young kid Dominion would be way over their head yeah, yeah. totally yeah. um but you know if you're if you like deck builders uh, I mean I actually just made a little note here. Clank is not the I would almost consider Clank a gateway game because it's a deck builder with a board, but both concepts and the way they gel together, I think I think it's actually an easier game to learn than Dominion, maybe. Arguably, yeah, Clank. I, I think so. Although it could be the fantasy theme, but yeah. like someone like Susie kind of bucked up against it because it just felt like there was a bit too much going on. Yeah, could the be the fact that you know you got to get in the dungeon, you got to grab a thing, uh, you got to get an artifact, uh, you got to get out. Um, and, and it, there really isn't mm-hmm. that much going on, but it did feel like a lot, a lot of things to keep track of, and it still suffers then from having the Dominion thing where you have to read every new card that comes out. That's the true. That's true. Um, which is a bit of a setback. Mm-hmm. Someone has to either read it to you, or you got to lean over and read it. But again, you only have to do six at a time, whereas in Dominion you have ten at the beginning, yeah. and that's it. So I true. mean, you, you could you could argue because, like you're saying about Eldorado, all the cards come into play in Eldorado, but only six at a time, whereas in Dominion, once you take a few minutes, especially if you've played it once even before. Once you look at the ten new cards and see, kind of see what they do, yeah, you might have to play yeah. it a few times to kind of figure out the synergies. Yeah, but because because they're, they're not they're not um, terribly hard concepts either of yeah. what the cards do. Anyway, one thing ahead. I should say maybe should have prefaced this way back at the beginning. We have so much to talk about and so many games yeah, to sure. mention that we're not explaining how they're played or anything like that. If you know if you're listening to any of these games, interest you, you have to trust us that they're pretty good gateway games. You should go look into them, see how they're played, see if they might be for you. Or There's a group. good chance if, if they're listening, they already know all the games. Anyway, Probably. This is just so disgusting. It's just a, we're just a hidden little podcast. One yeah. thing we're, we're not mentioning here that was just huge for our group is Avalon. Oh, um, yeah. As, as a social, social deduction kind of uh, hidden role game. When we introduced that game to people, people just fell in love with it. Like, let's play it again. Let's play it five times in a row. And we played that game to death in a short time, like five months or so. Yeah, it's weird, too, for... Uh, and it hits the same wall with gateway stuff where it didn't lead anywhere, though. Yeah. You know, like, that that's a distilled game from the Werewolf and Mafia, which our group is not keen on. Yeah. But we needed games that we could play with ten uh, people. Yeah. So we had to find something. And Avalon worked fantastically to fill that that tiny void but we haven't been able to replace it and now that we've played it so much it falls flat every time because everybody knows how everybody behaves everyone knows everyone's personal picks and tells in the first round if somebody doesn't do something it's oh you're you're on that team you know it's a it's immediate and and like we've tried to find other games to fill its void and it, and they just they don't work. Yeah, so. maybe the closest thing would be because again I can't kind of came in after the big Avalon boon and I played it once or twice is is Sushi Go Sushi Go Party. Sushi just, Go is just, a great just, collector for sure. It, 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 and it's uh, uh, it only replaces and I only bring it up because it's not like Avalon in in, in mechanic. No. But it it plays at eight people. It's a really simple game and I've played that with all sorts of people who who don't play games and and everyone I, liked it. Yeah. Every, everyone Never. likes it. It's easy to teach, yep. and it introduces some mechanics that that are then get used over and over again yeah. in sure. other games. Yeah, Interesting. exactly. Yeah, so I so I think Sushi Go uh, Party or yeah. Sushi Go would be definitely a gateway game we should mention too. Seven so, yeah. Wonders. Seven uh, Wonders, is another a good, one. Good yeah. way to start. Yep. But but it, now that we mentioned so Sushi, Sushi is if you're really trying to step people into gaming, Sushi is the way to go before Seven Wonders. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Stepping yeah. stone, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think right now, if, if anybody knew. The first game I would probably play with them right now is King Domino. Yeah, I think King Domino is completely distilled. takes takes dominoes, which everybody has sort of an inherent understanding of. Yeah, everybody's played something like that, and and adds strategy and adds puzzles and like and and makes it interesting. Like I've played it with people who who all of a sudden are like, wow, you know, like I didn't I didn't. Why don't we have more games? Like playing yeah. playing games with like Sarah and Greg. Every time you play a new game with Sarah, she's like, "Why don't we buy games?" Yeah. So I think King Domino is is 
one of the like it's it's easily up with. I don't even enjoy Catan, but it's up Carcassonne. with Ticket to Ride. It's up so with Carcassonne, and it's more it's most similar to Carcassonne in that it really building yeah. this kind of uh, scenery or like yeah. um, and collecting terrain. points while you're doing it. Yeah, and, even though the points are calculated a little differently, but the idea of laying yeah. piles for points, yeah, it's pretty fun. And, and there's so many that uh, we just have never even played yet. Something that we haven't mentioned as well, and it's probably uh, in the first five or six kind of. Uh, Hobby and I think a lot of people consider it a gateway game is Pandemic and it's probably like a absolutely it's a cooperative one of mine. gateway game. Yep. But uh, we spent some time in San Francisco with my brother-in-law and his wife, and we were like, oh, we don't have any board games. We're staying in an Airbnb. We said, let's go down to the game shop and buy one just to play for the couple nights we're here. I went down. I had heard of Pandemic, didn't really know how to play it. I wasn't researching games at that point. Grabbed it. The first game we played, amazing because we're all trying to figure it out together. The next game we played. And, you know, this is before I knew anything about kind of alpha players and people kind of like your experience with Catan, with someone kind yeah, of yeah. playing the game for you. The second game we played because I think maybe I grasped the rules quicker than, than some for having played more games or Susie's brother or someone in the group. I'm feeling like it was me. Uh, so I'll throw myself under the bus. Kind of alpha the game for everybody else. Mm. And it kind of ruined. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll play a game where if someone's uninvested in it, uh, someone one person is just kind of playing for everybody yeah and and that's a real thing to know with, with cooperative games Absolutely. and in games in general like if, yeah. if your friend was genuinely trying to introduce you to games and get you into the hobby and then was running the game for you like that's not a cool thing to do when you're introducing the idea of introducing a gateway game to someone is like that they can learn it quickly yep. and have some uh decision making on their own without feeling like they need someone to hold their hand through yep. it right absolutely um, uh, I, I want to mention uh, Spirits of the Wild. I just bought Spirits of the Wild uh, to play with Macy, who's, again, turning six soon. And it's it's a Mattel game by uh, Nick Hayes. But it's a it's a tiny little set collection game where you're picking stones, and it's beautiful, it's engaging, and it's... I, I imagine I'm going to play it to death fairly quickly. So I don't think it'll have the lasting power mm-hmm. of some of the other games, but it works so well as an introductory game because it's 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 only two players... Super fast, and it introduces key ideas of, yeah. of set collecting. I really liked it. You and, and strategy stuff. Uh, it's really, really fun. I like that one. Scorched Fox. Probably the newest game that we mentioned in the last in between that uh, that I've acquired that everyone seems to like upon first playing it. Susie really likes it right now. It's Welcome to. Still as, haven't played it. Dying to. Looks as great. Like a, as a roll and write, you know, even though there's no rolling, it is essentially a roll and write game in that you're revealing information. You're revealing the same kind of probability as dice and then writing on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that, like Sushi Go, like a bunch of games were mentioned, obviously, there'll be a rare group where someone doesn't like that. That's not a great sentence, but most people are going to like that game upon first or mm-hmm. second play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a good one. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've lost any kind of thread and we're just talking about we're just throwing good light, because lightweight we, games. We've got uh, like eight or nine minutes left and we're late, just throwing games, games. Throwing games into the pit. We, we, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we've lost thread of, you know, maybe what a gateway might be. and I think we and, are naming... What it's, now we're just naming good uh, good lightweight games. That well, no, the idea like. is we mentioned what the gateway games were for us. Yeah. And now that there are so many games out there, here are a bunch of options. That could, like yeah. Jamie Stagmeyer's filler yeah, yeah. kind of decent... I didn't even get into <laughs> filler games. Um, but some yeah. of these are filler games because they take 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Like Heartland... Uh, Heartland Trucking Company. That's a great uh, pick-up-and-deliver introductory game. There you go. And I think what well, this is happening again is the point is there are so many games that could arguably now fit the definition of gateway game. If you know the people you're playing with, if they're family or friends, you could do a little bit of research and find something that really is going to speak to them. It's going to be easy, and it's going to maybe open their their eyes in, into yeah. the hobby. And yeah. even if you're you know a really intense gamer, it's always great to have three or four of these games on your shelf for when you want to play a game, but the, the, the group you're playing with doesn't want to invest two or three hours, yeah. doesn't want to learn anything complicated, So you, but you still get to play a game, yeah. and you still get to maybe influence somebody to, to kind of say, you know, games are pretty fun, just yeah. you know, try this one out. So yeah. Well, Mitch, you kind of, I feel like, reined me in in the past couple of years and kind of convinced me of the merit of having a bunch of different weight games on your shelf, whereas I was like going down a hole of buying Mitch games that were kind of just for me. Uh, that were heavy and mm-hmm. were fantasy themed. Mage Knight is not a good gateway game. Oh my God, it's the complete opposite of a gateway game. Um, and I, but I was like, oh, in my head, when you're, you know, just like 
just like going down the rabbit holes, get to hand expansions and uh. what that could uh, offer. I was like, oh, I'll get this game. Yeah, I can convince Susie to play Mage Knight. I can't. Con- that's never going to happen. Mm. Um, I can barely convince. Like, oh, yeah, that would be the game. opposite of a gateway game. Yeah. Uh, forcing Susie to play Mage Knight yeah. would destroy her <laughs> enjoyment of games forever. And it's possible I've done that on a couple of occasions with yeah. games. I think for sure. She's, not. I'm not. Said, that is not a knock against Mage Knight. I love Mage Knight. I would oh, spend it an afternoon. She, rainy cold. She has sat down with me Mage and Man. played a three-hour scenario of Mansions of Madness yeah. because I do feel like a lot of uh, casual gamers would really like that game if they mm-hmm. could invest in it, but it can take three hours sometimes, yeah, and yeah. that's going to turn off some gamers. Someone like Susie who needs to get up, move around, and mm-hmm. do something that bugged her. Yeah. Here's, here's a really interesting thing, um, and it, uh, certainly is, it, it, it belongs here, but only a little bit. Terraforming Mars, um, which we've already uh, ta- uh, did a podcast on, when I was in Newfoundland recently, uh, I introduced it to friends of mine who I played, who were kind of the people who introduced me to modern games. Yeah. We were kind of both Catan, we, we both loved Catan when we started, and then we started introducing each other to other games we were buying. So I, I introduced them to Terraforming Mars, and when you buy Terraforming Mars, it comes with an expansion, the Corporate Era expansion, which is just you know half the deck of cards. I have never played, and we have never played... Um, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Until so, so you just explained it, it. It's just right. It's in the 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 original box. So I shuffled all the cards together. I've never taken them out, and I've never had any desire to do so. Um, I got a message from them uh, just this week saying, "Gee, when we were playing it, we found it such a long game. So we took out the expansion and just played it with the really basic cards, and we love it way better because it's way faster. And we only have to play it in an hour. That's awesome. That and I was like, sense. that is amazing. I personally, I would never do that. I kind of want to try that. Well, it was. I almost do the now, too. The last time we played Terraforming Mars, with, when we introduced it to Dan, it was too long. And that game, can't, it can happen. Yeah. And it was five uh, players, too, and we'd never yeah. played with five players before. Two either, people so. suffering from AP. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm not naming names. No. Me and Dan. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's... That was Steve. The, yeah. Steve and Dan. Steve and Dan. <laughs> but, but for them, I think that's it, too. Dan, they, they call us sometimes. <laughs> but that's... Um, Philip, my friend Philip, is like that, too. He's He really wants to analyze every move before he makes it in any game. And it makes... It's, it's, it really makes it fun to game with him because he's, he's always so into it. But sometimes it's kind of... It does make a game much, much longer. So when he said that to me, again, that's why I brought it up because... I can even call Terraforming Mars a bit of a gateway game. It's not terribly hard concept to grasp, yeah. um, but it gives you a whole sorts of uh, a totally different look at a board game. Yeah. And, and but maybe by stripping it down to the most basic cards would make it even more so. That goes great uh, to what I was saying early, right at the beginning, subjectively, mm-hmm. for you knowing who you're introducing a game to, mm-hmm. yeah. and like that game has more meat on its bones than most of them, so there's going to be people who are looking for that. Right. Yeah. Where there are people who will glass over, their eyes will roll back in yep. their heads, and it won't work. But there's other people who you play King Domino with, and they're going to do the same thing and just be like, yeah, I was right, games are for kids. Right. So, yeah. so those people, yeah, the Terraforming Mars is the gateway. Like That's a great... Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Just got to know the, know the group. Yeah. Very, very subjective. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Can I pose one final question? Please do. I know we've talked about it. We've probably already named it in a roundabout way. If... Uh, new friends move to town. And they're kind of semi-interested in playing games. They really love Catan, or they really love Monopoly and the game of life, and they really want to get involved with the game group because they hear it's a There's thing. There's an Indiana Jones what, game of life. I want to try. What game would you play with these new people to get them into the hobby? Ooh, like one game for anybody. I'll give you mine because I asked the question yeah, yeah. I had it prepared. I, I still would have to go with Ticket to Ride. I still think it's an easiest game to explain and teach. It's just like... Rummy style set collecting. It's so you yep. can explain it in a nutshell. It's kind of fun. Uh, I, I totally fun. Uh, I'll pick a different game because you brought that up, but I completely agree. Because when we used to play down at the pub here, when I first moved to town, that was a game that got probably the most play. That in Dominion, I'd actually say um, maybe Dominion because uh, I think uh, there's some really you know again you do have to learn the cards, but. Yeah. The game is slow enough when you're playing with new people that I think a lot of people can pick up Dominion and then, boy, look at all the deck builders out there. So I'm surprised you didn't bring up that since you're, the, you're our deck building guy. But you're right, Ticket to Ride. But I think it'd know. be a hard sell for my dad and my fa- and like some people who might need something else first. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What about you, Mitch? Right now, just because just we played it last night, I'd probably say Patrician. But yeah. but, mm. uh, but also possibly King Domino. I'd probably take uh, several games out and yeah. and explain them. 
and and see what they wanted to play. It's a good uh, idea. With yeah. those being two, and those would probably be two. Maybe yeah. Splendor. Yeah, uh, Splendor would be a really good one. Maybe El Dorado. Maybe Wasteland here, here Express. We go, here we go again. Let's just start <laughs> just throwing <laughs> games into the pit. This okay. is where we should have the echo. We're gonna get some echo. In you here. want uh, oh, you want well, three well, hours? Let's just throw. We're gonna yeah. let's throw a bunch of games. Into you guys the pit. like the Wasteland? Splendor. Splendor. Alhambra. Ticket to ride. Oh, I, I didn't I have didn't any echo there. Welcome to. See you later. We're all going into the pit. I'm falling into the pit for some reason. Car pushes on. What are we doing? Don't unsubscribe, Robbie. Yeah, Yeah, good call.